This is the Second Chance at Health podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Brad Hassock. Come join me as we remove confusion from the hottest health topics by discussing the latest research, along with what we've seen with thousands of our patients and amongst our community, family, friends, and people all over the nation and world. Let's dig in. All right, episode one of the Second Chance at Health podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Brad Hassig. I've chosen to do this uh, and do this podcast because I've always had a passion for health, health, fitness. Um, it's really, it, it's evolved over the years. I've been in private practice. I graduated in 2000. Uh, I've been a chiropractor and functional health expert uh, since 2000. I've seen thousands of patients, helped people, and just always had a, a fascination and love for helping people get healthier and really love the nutrition, working out. That's been instilled in me from, from early on. I can recall uh, in junior high, an amazing track coach, uh, Mr. Coach Bob Walda, he asked us the one year we hadn't done so well I believe we were in seventh grade and how bad we wanted it for the for the next year you know we said we wanted to be you know conference champions and what were we willing to do and one of his suggestions was give up sodas uh, which had pop soda pop whatever we call that Uh, I'm from northern Indiana so we called it pop but uh, t- the idea of giving that up at that age seemed kind of crazy. But th- there were a bunch of us, and we were we were all on board with that. So that that kind of started some of my health journey. Uh, my dad got me started uh, early with working out, with running, doing push-ups, pull-ups, things like that. Um, really loved nutrition. Uh, I remember going to a health food store and and, and begging my mom to purchase this book. It was Optimum Health Nutrition, uh, Dr. Michael Colgan. And it was uh, it was a pretty advanced book, but I loved it. I read it cover to cover, uh, applied as much of it as I could, and really helped even when I got to grad school. A lot of the nutrition information that I had was was came from that book. It, I found I found the course easy, um, but but fascinating. Um, so the the book really helped me out with with that. So typically I'm going to have the research on latest hottest health topics. I'll have that at the bottom. Today's going to be a little bit different. I'm going to go and and give the background on why this podcast is called Second Chance at Health. There is, there is a reason bef- behind that. Um, I've loved discussing health. There's things with our patients I don't always have time to go over in the great detail. As my wife will tell you, sometimes I can be a little overly talkative, but that's, that's part of who I am. So hopefully this will be an outlet where I can share and discuss things in a little more detail and at a little more length of, of topics that, that I find enjoying and, and hopefully you do as well. Um, so to get going with the story of, of why it's called Second Chance at Health, I had been in 2022, I had been on a journey really kind of looking at uh, doing breath work, meditation, prayer, all of this was kind of kind of coming together for me. And one of the breath techniques that I had done is called Wim Hof breathing. 
Um, I still do it. Um, I find it fascinating. I find it very effective for relaxation, for focus, uh, mental clarity, even even energy. Um, it clearly states, and I'm going to say this up front because there's been some controversy with that. It clearly states to be lying down or sitting in a comfortable position um, and to never do it around water. That's foreshadowing because um, I had been practicing this for, I guess, about eight or nine months off and on and had gotten a little more into it, had gotten to the point doing these techniques where I could hold my breath for up to four minutes, um, lying down and, and being very relaxed. Um, I also found that another thing that I love that was relaxing is swimming and especially just being underwater. The peace, uh, the quiet, um, just every, everything kind of goes away. The world, the noise, the distractions, it all just kind of goes away. And um, I had at some point kind of mixed those two things together and had realized, you know, I love being underwater. I love that time. I love that peace. And doing the breathing techniques allowed me to stay underwater longer. So I had done this, this technique. I never really pushed myself uh, per se. Wasn't, wasn't trying to be a Navy SEAL or anything crazy like that. Um, just the time to be underwater was, was, was great for me. So um, I had been doing it. Uh, my kids had been around me. They had seen me do it. My family had seen me do it. Um, it it gotten to the point. It just wasn't that that big a deal anymore. So it was a Tuesday, uh, June the fourteenth, I believe, sixteenth. I, th I think it was the fourteenth. Um, I had gone and played golf that day. It was hot. I'm in Alabama. I uh, walked eighteen holes. Very warm. Very hilly course. And was by the time I got done, I was I was pretty tired. Had had a really good round and fell apart a little bit at the end. I'm gonna blame fatigue and sweat, but uh, I was I was tired. My boys were home that day, and so when I got home, had some had some lunch, ate, and I said, "Hey boys, let's you know let's swim." I'd made it a point to tell them. Let's let's just have it be us today. Uh, we've got a great group of neighbors and friends, and a lot of times we'll have people come over. The boys will have friends come over to swim, and I had made it a point to say, let's let's just have it be us. So the boys and I, you know, we're out back, uh, just had just started swimming, and um, just kind of get get music set up, uh, having a, having a good day. I was looking forward to having my boys, Bryden and Christian, twin boys, uh, with me. And all of a sudden I look up and I see at our gate, our, our, our neighbor comes, Sam Ebert. And I had just said I wanted it to just be us. And he came over and said, hey, Mr. Brad. And I said, hey, Sam Ebert. I always call him by his first and last name. I don't know why. Uh, he said, can I, can I swim? And initial instinct is to say no, but something told me. You know, and I said, yeah, Sam, come on, buddy. He's, he's probably the only person that I would have said yes to that, that particular day. And he told me, he said, I don't know why I just got back uh, from the swimming pool at the country club. I don't know why I feel like swimming more. I just do. So I came over. 
So Sam comes over, and the boys are having fun, and they're playing. And I start to do some of some of my, my breathing exercises. And with this, for those of you that aren't familiar with the Wim Hof method, it's a you're going through a, a period of it's basically hyperventilation. So you're you're taking so many breaths and exhaling, um, you know, it may be 30, 40, 50. Um, and then on that last exhale, you hold it. You're, you're going to pause and hold that for a period of time. Like I said, I had gotten up to the point then where I was able to hold my breath for up to four minutes, which it, it seemed crazy when I started. But it became it became normal and it, it became very relaxing and like I said, you almost get into a meditative state with that. So I was I began doing my my breathing exercises. One of the things that I always do when I'm doing my breathing exercises is um, I, I say the Lord's prayer. And usually the first round that I'm doing this, it might be anywhere from a minute, minute and a half, two minutes, the first round that I'm doing this. So that's just kind of a way for me to get focused on what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, the piece of it. That's just how I start. And so I started um, my breathing, uh, breathing exercises, and I went underwater, began to say the, the Lord's Prayer, and part way through saying the Lord's Prayer, everything just went white. Everything was blank. And that was the last thing that I remember was, was saying the Lord's Prayer while, while underwater. The next thing that I know, everything's white. Everything. Um, the best way to describe this is if you've ever been exhausted, just absolutely exhausted, and you have a long night, it's a great night's sleep, or you take a nap, you take a great long nap when you're really tired and you wake up and you feel great. Uh, you, you, you're energized, you're just peaceful, you're relaxed, your outlook's good, it's a positive mood. Take that times a million, and that's, that's what I felt like. And it was a very, very strange feeling. I had to kind of figure out where, where am I? Everything's white. I noticed, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm somewhere else, but I had this incredible peace. You're not hungry. You're not tired. There's no pain. There's, there's, you know, it was, it was just, it was different. There was also an incredibly, incredibly bright white light and I could see this light, but it didn't cause any discomfort. There wasn't any discomfort to, to see it, um, to have it. I, I just felt good. I, I felt comforted uh, with this incredibly comforted. And I knew, I, I knew at this point, it's kind of slowly starting to hit me where, where I'm, where I'm at. You know, this is, I, I was in my pool and I'm in heaven. And about the time I'm kind of starting to process this, where I'm at, what the light is, who the light is, um, I can hear, Daddy, daddy, come back. And at this point, I feel myself starting to shift. And I'm, I'm, I'm floating. I'm floating to my side and I'm slowly turning over to my side. And then it's as if somebody took me in a big giant hand and picked me up and slammed, threw me, slammed me into our pool deck as hard as they could. And it went from this 
complete bliss and peace and comfort to chaos. Uh, I, I come to, I'm on my pool deck, I'm, I'm on my stomach, on my side, I'm coughing up blood, water, uh, mucus, everything. Um, struggling to breathe. I have my son Christian is right there in front of me saying, Daddy, Daddy, you have to be okay. And it had just been the three of us, my son Bryden, son Christian, and neighbor Sam Ebert. And all of a sudden there's people all over the place. There's, I see first responders, I see police, I see the EMTs, I see neighbors, I see strangers people everywhere in our in our backyard or on our, our back patio and so meanwhile I'm, I'm still I'm freaking out I can't breathe I'm coughing up blood what's happened how did I get here where where am I um, and so I slowly kind of get my get my breathing under control cough everything up or most of it that I thought get my breathing under control uh, the EMTs I can see they do a great job they they get me up to a chair um, start checking my vitals, trying to talk to me. People are just screaming at me everywhere. Uh, it's frantic. And so I finally I looked at one of the EMTs and I said, who's in charge? And he said, that would be me. And I said, okay, I'm going to just talk to you and just look at you and just focus on you. And he said, I think that's a good idea. So ironically, the thing that almost killed me or may have, um, helped me come back from that. And it was, it was the breathing exercises helped me kind of get my heart rate back down. I was in as big a fight or flight response as I've, I've ever had in my life. And hopefully I ever do. So we got, got my, my heart rate back down. They're getting vitals. Uh, they, they talked to me about going to the hospital. At that point, my mind was mush and they, they said, you know, we think you need to go to the hospital. And I said, no, I, I, I think I'm good. <laughs> and I looked over my neighbor across the street, a cardiologist, um, Mr. Seaver, Dr. Siva. He said, no, no, Mr. Brad, you are not good. And I said, I, I think I might go to the hospital. And he said, yeah, I think that's a good idea. So um, they, uh, they convinced me to go to the hospital. I thought I was going to drive. Um, my, my neighbor, uh, said, no, <laughs> nobody, you're, you're going in an ambulance. And so he helped get me routed to the right hospital cause I was not in the right frame of mind. Um, I went in, I did have, <laughs> I did have the, the thoughts in my head, you know what, I'm going to be in an ER for quite a while. Probably I don't want to be in a wet swimsuit. So they let me go upstairs, walk upstairs and, and dry off and change clothes and, Apparently, I was taking a while. I don't know if I spaced out or what it was. And they came up and they said, Doc, Dr. Brad, are, are you okay? And so I said, yeah, yeah. He said, we need to go. And so they got me in an ambulance. They took me to the ER, um, went through, kind of explained the situation of what was going on. I was still having, having a lot of trouble with breathing. Uh, heart rate was kind of all over the place. And so they they did some different tests on me and I was admitted into the cardiac ICU for observation. One of the biggest fears was, um, a dry drowning, you know, something, uh, when I had so much fluid in my lungs, um, there was, there was a big concern that I was going to have health issues 
what was going to go on with my heart, my lungs. So here as a, as a pretty healthy uh, guy, I'd like to think, you know, they take me to cardiac ICU. So um, I'm there. They do the testing observation. Had difficulty keeping my oxygen up, so that's why I, I did end up having to stay there overnight. One of the things that I found interesting with, with this, I, I stared at a wall for the entire time until the, you know, I was admitted the afternoon and I think I was, it was about 24 hours that I was there. Never turned the TV on anything. Um, my beautiful, lovely wife, Lori was there. I had a lot of family and, and friends that had come there as well. I didn't, didn't really get to see a lot of, a lot of them. Just, they were kind of keeping me, um, trying to keep me calm and let me, let me heal and recuperate. Um, but I just, I stared at the wall and I was trying to process what had gone on, what, what had happened. And it, it's, it was an overwhelming feeling of, of gratitude. And this is a reoccurring theme for me. It was an overwhelming, overwhelming feeling of, of gratitude, but also, you know, what happened, but also guilt. There was, there was a lot of guilt. Um, you're realizing what you've done, what you've chosen to do has not only put you in a position where you could have and, and, and should have died, but your your young sons and neighbor have to have to see that. And um but the gratitude is God worked through those boys to to save me in something that um I'll post a link at the bottom here to hypoxic uh, um, underwater blackout and, and explain what, what happened to me, because that was the other thing I didn't know. And they didn't know they were doing all kinds of heart tests on me, checking my brain to see, you know, did I have a stroke? Did I have a seizure? Um, what, what had, what had caused this? So once they had done all of the testing, once I was able to, um, breathe, keep my, keep my oxygen levels up without the use of, of having oxygen. I was, I was ready to go. I wanted to get home. And so they, they finally, they said, you know, you keep your oxygen above a certain level, you'll be able to get home. So I was able to go home. And that's when a lot of the healing really kind of, kind of began. Um, it was, it was, um, like I said, you're, you're trying to process this, figure out what's going on. I still didn't know and neighbors were amazing friends family everyone was stepped up did things for for my family um especially for the boys looking out for them and 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 for me it was it was great you know put a lot on my wife which once again there's a lot of guilt with that they're asking questions what's going on she's having to tell that story over and over she's also a chiropractor so she was completely covering the practice while also processing what had what had happened to her to her husband kids were dealing with the same thing you know what had gone on um had a lot of concerns with the boys you know hey when they lay down and they close their eyes at night what are they seeing what are they what are they thinking what are they going to think going forward so there was a lot to process with with all of that and just heal i had gone from being in pretty good shape to my lungs were trashed um, salt water something I didn't know um, salt water is one of the most irritating things to the lung 
lungs. We have a saltwater pool. I thought that was going to be better and more natural for the lungs. Uh, it may be for, for your hair, your skin, but it is not for your lungs, uh, not on the inside. So lungs were trashed. So just taking, you know, walking, walking to the kitchen, I was out of breath uh, doing anything. I was just exhausted. And so there was a healing process that was going on with that. Uh, during this time, my mother-in-law had, had shared the story of what had happened to me and the, the amazing adventure of, of what the boys had done. The boys, to go back to what had happened, the, when I passed out um, or blacked out underwater, my son Christian, at a certain point, they knew I could hold my breath for a long time. At a certain point, they noticed something was wrong. And so they had been in the pool and in the pool area, kind of in and out, playing, doing games. Just daddy's doing his thing. Daddy's doing his breathing thing. And they noticed something something wasn't right. And so Christian put on his goggles, jumped in the water, looked underwater and could see I was laying on my side and I, I was turning blue. I was blue. So he screamed for the boys, Sam and Ryden, to jump in the water. Uh, they came in and I don't know how, but they were able to pull me from about the middle, <clears throat> middle-ish of the pool. It was about shoulder height for me, so a little bit higher for them, um, but not just the fact that at the time I weighed 185 pounds, but my lungs were filled with water. So, you know, miracle one is just that the boys were able to to pull me. Um, Bryden and Sam each grabbed an arm, and at that point Christian was trying to unlock my phone. It, it was locked. Had, thanks for multiple safety features. They, they couldn't get it unlocked. So Christian took off running, um, trying to find help. Bryden and Sam were able to pull me over to the steps and miracle two, they began CPR. They kind of worked their way, way through it. Um, it was something where they had, they had seen a couple movies, the movie hook and then Sandlot. And through that, they kind of mouth to mouth. They were like, Hey, let's, you know, let's try some mouth to mouth. And so Bryden would try and Sam would encourage and give him, give him thoughts and then it was like, hey, let's try some, let's try some chest compressions. Let's see if we can do this. And it was enough. They had gotten me to the steps, got my head out of the water. They couldn't, obviously couldn't lift me out of the pool. But they got me, got me going. At this point, you know, um, Christian had been running. He was able to flag down a, a couple of, uh, a, a car. Neighbors weren't home. Uh, were able to flag down um, a car. And so to call 911. And so um, they were able to call 911 and try and, you know, through all the, the, the chaos, get a call in to let him know that his, his dad wasn't okay and dad needed help. Uh, my neighbor, uh, Dr. Siva, who happened to, happened to be a cardiologist, happened to stay home that day, another miracle, he came over and helped pull me kind of the rest of the way out of the pool. They were able to get first responders there and, and you know, kind of finish the rest of the, the uh, resuscitation process. So as, as to jump back, as I'm recovering, you know, from this and I'm at home, my mother-in-law tells her neighbor about this. Her neighbor 
worked for the local uh, Fox station and said, do you think that, uh, you know, Brad would be interesting in, in sharing the story? The boys would be interesting in sharing the story. And she said, well, I'll, I'll ask. And she asked me, and, you know, at first I, I didn't really want to see a whole lot of people. Um, like I said, it was, it was that, that combination of gratitude and guilt was so overwhelming at that time. Um, I've since gone through grief therapy, which was amazing to help kind of focus, focus that, help me process that, um, kind of compartmentalize it. Um, amazing. Um, and I'm grateful for that. Um, but you know, I did, I also felt a sense of, you know, I kept hearing to whom much is given, much is required. And so I wanted to share, share the story, um, to have CPR, swimming, pool awareness, but also to give those boys some recognition uh, for what they did and also to, to thank my Lord and Savior for, for what he did, the Holy Spirit. There's no way the boys could have done what they did on their own. Um, none of it. Physically, mentally, emotionally, not possible. Um, God's hand was all over this. And, and God took them through this, this entire process. So to me, there was absolutely, um, much was required of me. So I said, I'd be glad to do it. So we had the local Fox, um, channel came out, did a story, amazing story, did a, did a great job telling that story. Uh, Lauren Harkins was the, um, was the person that came out and did that. And it was, it was great from that things kind of just began to snowball that that was picked up i think seeing the boys and what the boys had did and the fact that god had worked through them it it seemed to touch a chord with people and so then there was a great um there was a great article it was right before father's day and so we had um a local um kind of a celebrity wrote a, a great article in the, in the paper, uh, Rick Carley has been a sports guy down here in Birmingham for years, wrote just a, just a beautiful article about what the boys had done. And, and I think he finished something about, you know, this is the greatest, <laughs> the greatest father's day gift I would ever receive. And that's right. And that's right. Um, so from there that got picked up. And we just started getting calls left and right for, for different things. And everything would come in through our office. So God, God love our office team and, 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 and Lori for, for fielding all of this and getting this to me. We got things. We had been on News Nation. Uh, that was our, our first national um, broadcast that we, we had been on. That was the boys liked that. They did great. It was really cool. I always kept an eye on them. That was the biggest thing. I wanted to make sure that it never became too much for them um never became overwhelming never no negative i wanted to, i wanted to make sure we always said a prayer before we would do any of our interviews and the boys were just amazing i always i always said you know god speak through all of us um your words not ours and they were man the boys all of them were were just were just amazing and so we did a lot of different things, spoke to a lot of different uh, national newspapers, national media outlets, and ultimately ended up getting a call um, from from the Today Show. I wasn't sure if it was real. I guess it was an email at first. Somebody reached out, producer reached out to us, wasn't sure if it was real or not. And 
and it, it was, and so they asked if we'd be interested in telling the story, and I said, hey, where would this be taking place? And they said, well, New York. And so I said, well, boys, do you want to go to New York? And so they stopped and thought, they're like, sure. So we ultimately uh, got to be on, uh, got to share the story. The boys got to be recognized on the Today Show. Uh, it was it was great. Hoda was amazing with us, all the producers, everyone there was was just absolutely terrific. And we got to share our story. Um, I was really happy with almost every single media outlet that we had. I said, there's, there's two requirements. Anytime there was a quest, I said, you have to let us discuss uh, CPR um, and, and, and underwater um, safety. And you also have to let us discuss our faith. That was a deal breaker. If anyone had said no, there was no deal. This this wouldn't be a story with, with without him. So he was going to be included in everything that we discussed. So that was I was just amazed how how that worked and how I shouldn't be, but how how God works. That was almost a miracle in itself that that everyone was so thoughtful and respectful of of that. So we we got to do that. Um, it was great. Through that process, I had a I had a group reach out. I had a lot of kind words, a lot of a lot of encouragement. The boys got a lot of great recognition, but but just um, it was very supportive for them. Um, our local uh, Mountain Brook police and fire departments did an amazing thing, a community thing. They all got medals. They were recognized, and it just and for the heroes that that they are. So that was that was terrific. But through through the process, they I had a group at the time. It was called Shallow Water Blackout Prevention, um, and they reached out to me and said, "Our our you know medical board has met, and we think this is what happened to you." Because I still didn't know what had happened, and they explained. They gave me information. They were amazing. They were great. And that's it's 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 what happened to me. And so it's just the 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 hyperventilation drops your CO two, your carbon dioxide levels low, to artificially drops them. Normally, if you hold your breath, if anybody takes and holds holds their breath right now, there'll be a period of time where you get a panic, where your brain says, "Take a breath, silly. You know this this you you need to breathe." And because my oxygen or my CO2 levels had been dropped so low through that hyperventilation process, I never got that signal. I never knew that I was in danger. If anything, it was it was more almost kind of a blissful, blissful thing. It was meditative. And I remember I just I I felt great and I was saying the Lord's Prayer. So I never got I never knew I was in danger. I wasn't pushing anything whatsoever. But that's the danger of it. That's the danger of doing hold your hold your breath contests swim back and forth underneath how many times how many times have we all done this and didn't know we were all at risk and people are at risk it's it's the the fatality rate on on those those hypoxic uh, underwater blackouts is astronomically high there's very 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 few survivors from this i've gotten to know a lot of people through the group I've gotten to know um, an amazing family, the Watson family. Um, their son had a similar experience. They've got some great Indiana ties, Indiana Hoosiers, go Hoosiers, um, to really help kind of process what's going on because I've, I've 
met and talked to victims' families. But that's also kind of you get into a little bit of the guilt thing as as well. Why why did once you find out more about it and how few people survive, why did I survive? So um, it was great to have that group. I'm so incredibly grateful to them. I've gotten involved in that group, that organization. Um, have gotten to become great friends with the with the Watson family. They did a great uh, short film with Michael Phelps on um, you know on water water safety and trying to prevent those shallow water or hypoxic underwater blackouts. So check that out. <clears throat> um, I'll try and <clears throat> try and post a link. If I don't, check out the um, the short the short uh, film with with that. So with all of this, <clears throat> hopefully now you see why it's called a second chance at health. This has, has given me, I've always had a passion for this. <clears throat> I think there's been times I've, you know, I've, I've been healthier myself. Maybe I haven't, I haven't felt like I've shared everything that I'm doing, everything that I know. I haven't poured all of myself into patients, family, friends, my community, and and to share this now with platforms like this, you can share this nationwide, worldwide, to to help people be healthier. You know, yes, I want to try and prevent what happened to me from happening to, to somebody else. Really want to help prevent it, another family from having to experience the things that I've heard from people that that they they weren't survivors. So we're going to touch on a lot of different aspects of health, things that I'm passionate about, diet, exercise, um, some of the different different drugs, per, um, perspectives, and methods that people use, healthy, not healthy, short-term, long-term, all of these things. So we're going to touch on a lot of these topics. I'm going to get, try and give you a lot of useful information. Most of these won't be nearly as long as what, what this particular uh, podcast is, but I wanted to get it started, set the tone uh, for what we're going to be doing going forward. I'm really excited. I can't wait. Um, um, I look forward to comments. If you have ideas for different topics um, that you want me to touch on, you'd like me to address, you'd like to hear my thoughts on, please leave comments. Um, leave comments. Give a little shout out to the boys. I know they always like to 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 see some things and they are those all three of those boys they are they are heroes for life um they've all they've done great things and they're all going to do amazing things in in life so i look forward to sharing more of this uh, please tune in and we'll uh we'll dig in to what's going on in the world of health together take care Thank you for tuning in to the Second Chance at Health podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Brad Hassick. Please subscribe to the show and share with those what you found valuable. Give us a rating and tune into future episodes.